Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, you're watching AfterBuzz TV's Legends of Tomorrow After Show. We're breaking down Season 1, Episode 12, Last Refuge. We'll be talking about Rip Hunter, the artful Dodger. We'll be talking about awkward awkward marriage proposals and even awkward sentences like that. And then lastly, cute little baby start. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now... Let the buzz begin! This might be too long to yes. know. Oh, but no, no. Everybody, let's just let Dave Child take oh, us no. in right here. It's a beautiful Yes. Hey, baby. I think I want to marry Dross! There you go, buddy. <laughs> Had to wait for the truth there. Welcome, everybody, to the Legend of Tomorrow After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We'll be breaking down episode 12, The Last Refuge. we got the whole panel united again today to break down this episode. I'm your host, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter at HappyGoJackie. Hi, I'm also here. I am Lex Michael, all over social media, at the Lex Michael. Good Lord. I'm Dave, Dave Child. You can find me at MRDaveChild everywhere. And I'm Lucretia Lyon, and of course, if you can spell it right, you can find me anywhere. And I'm only like half here. Oh, yeah. there you go. Go, 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 Look at that. As we hear uh, Mary, you playing there by Bruno Mars, I guess that's uh, mm. fitting there because we have that big proposal oh, coming in. So that sure does happen. That's mm. right. We'll be breaking that all down here as we talk about this episode. It's uh, the last refuge, as we know uh, from the last episode, the pilgrims involved. And when the pilgrims are involved, uh, bad things happen because she goes back into your uh, past self and eliminates yeah. you there from the time Like stream. pilgrims do. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like pilgrims, mm-hmm. like much like the pilgrims from the past, they she travels back in the past. Now, here's here's my first mm-hmm. question because there are a couple of questions I have regarding tonight's episode, mm-hmm. and maybe I just spaced at one or two points tonight. Did we ever cover why this character is called the pilgrim? No. Although, no. no, I mean, although I mean, I guess I mean, I guess with Kronos is I mean that has to have a time affiliation, but we never actually find out why this person who's the, the toughest of all the time masters henchmen is called the Pilgrim. And right, at Kronos obviously there's the, there's the time travel connotation, but what is the time travel connotation with Pilgrim? Pilgrim, I don't know. do you remember it that time we colonized she, the place? Yeah, she's on a pilgrimage. Well, yeah. the Pilgrims had time powers, right? They were the, able the to time, yes. freeze people and slow them down and. Move things backwards, and yes, I think that's how they learned how to plant corn or <laughs> maize. Or maize. Yeah. The yeah. Mayflower was a time ship. Yeah, it was yeah. a time ship. That's that's the big secret behind that. Because it's in it, without there being much significance to the name as relates to her personality or anything she does, mm-hmm. I would look to maybe her aesthetic. But there's nothing particularly she colonial about yeah. her aesthetic. She should have at least wore a hat with a buckle. A buckle. Yes, that would have nice been way buckle. better. Like I did love how she had the puffy shoulders in her outfit to be more right. pilgrimy, but yeah. Well, sadly, the only time we get to see the Pilgrim be truly effective is just at the beginning of the episode. Well, we're in Vanishing Point. We're getting uh, a time pirate is uh, being sentenced to the Omega Protocol, which means that the Pilgrim goes back into your past life and eliminates you then, thus eliminating you in the present. 
So, yeah, so uh, we see the pilgrim actually go back and eliminate, and it looks like a painful thing when you get eliminated, your past self gets killed. Because it's, I guess, the ripples through time just are agonizing, I guess. Yeah, the ripples through time are a little, uh, that, I had a question about that, because it seemed like when the ripples through time happen, they happen instantaneously. Like when Ray was in a fight in, what was it, 2014? That, was, that would be season three of Arrow. Yeah, so two years later, uh, that Ray was getting terrible bruises. So the bruises like lasted for a very long time. Well, here's, here's what I would think about that, right? So Pilgrim's idea, her plan, was to show up and kill him. So if, hypothetically, she had succeeded and killed Ray by, I guess, kicking him in the ribs a lot, then Ray never would have healed because he would have been dead. So those wounds would have stayed. Whereas he had the time after she failed in 2014 to go into a hospital and heal in real time. But cut to this, our present, he has had enough time to heal, so he heals more instantaneously in the moment. I get, so how does I he got. get hurt so fast? Mm. How does his, like, pain, like, if he had his arm chopped off, he would lose his arm. Right. You know, that would make sense. But since he got, like, internal bruising and, and stuff, like, when he, it's been two years since he had that beatdown. So why is he being affected at that moment? Well, that's true. Yeah, that, mm. yeah, that, that does make sense. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. If he, if he was getting, like, a tattoo or something, something permanent, like burn right. or something like that. I think They should have just chopped off a limb because he would have just grown <laughs> the limb right back. Right. Yeah, like because, Leonard did. Yeah, they could just grow limbs like mm. crazy on on the ship. <laughs> 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 they could just have a limb party where it just limbs everywhere. Could we everywhere. get Rip a third leg then? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Although 10-year-old Rip was a badass, but... Yeah, yeah. as it turns yeah. out. Well, Bloody hell! <laughs> We do okay. see, like, Ed, uh, unlike pre- uh, past episodes, it seems like the whole cast is pretty much united in one sort of mission, which is basically right. to save their past selves. And only time we break off into, like, separate stories is just for character moments, for better or for worse. Uh, but we have them going back into the past to try to save themselves. And the first mm-hmm. stop is Central City in 1990 with young Rory. <laughs> just Little watching Rory. That, yeah, watching that house burn. Watching the world burn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we see a little bit of, of his, I like his past self. I like his storyline probably the most because mm-hmm. I like seeing him as a guilt-ridden some pyromaniac and dealing with kind of the guilt of that but also the love of fire. The one-on-ones with Rory that happen, older Rory that happen throughout the episode are some of the most genuine moments that we've seen Rory have and I think they're, it's really nice to see that guy kind of try and grow. Yes. Yeah, I love that they have made Mick Rory such a smart, more on the level with Snart. Yeah. Because the thing is, is this episode especially, we are really delving into what made him into Heat Wave, and we actually care. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Dominic Purcell is a great actor, and I like how they're not playing him as the, the meathead like they were in the beginning. They've given him more to do. He's kind of more on the level of the rest of the team. More of a cooked yeah. meathead. Now. Exactly. <laughs> and I think going into the yeah. season, we probably, or even even at the stars, we were watching it. I think we were, at least I was, thinking, assuming that Snart was going to have more of the character journey, more character growth. But it seems like it's Rory that's had the, the bigger bigger change so far this season. Right. Yeah, if yeah. anything, Snart feels like, and I mean this in the best way possible, but Snart feels like he's incredible. 
increasingly a bit of a cartoon character, which I don't dislike well, because yeah, I love he's really, Wentworth Miller is so enjoyable to watch. And I really do, I like all of the mixed stuff as well, and I like it, like a lot of things in this episode, I like it a lot more as individual moments rather than a bigger arc. And as much as I liked that arc more than some other ones in this episode, it does, by the time you get to the end of it, bump into a lot of the, right. the same issues that I think most of the other arcs did when we're talking about people on the ship, part of the team, dealing with past versions either of themselves or significant others. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of people repeating themselves and kind of talking to them their past selves and trying to grow as a person. It's but we saw that happen with Snart earlier on in the series. So we I think we saw his arc just super early and I think his arc just ended. And now he's just kind of playing the background character. Sure. For a lot of he's like not he just comes in and says something quippy or says something he growls something and uh, I love I felt like he was on the same page as us when it comes to Rip in this episode where yes. I feel like Snart kept going like how convenient <laughs> it's like ooh things seem who are you what is your past we know nothing about you and I was like yeah yeah, that's what we've been saying for a while about when it comes to Rip. There is that, and Snart has some moments like that from tonight's episode that I think are great, because he is, in a way, a little bit being, like you say, the voice of certainly part of the audience that's watching. But then occasionally there will be moments where it feels like, oh, Snart hasn't quipped in too long. we got to give him something to say. And so he says something like, I may be an adorable baby. Mm. Yeah. And, then just, and there's a pause, as if he really didn't think through. He just wanted to say something. But I'll be a handful. Mm. Uh. Yeah, and the thing I'm is... a is, cute baby. Uh, he really was. I mean, even Sarah and Kendra thought he was adorable, which was, was yeah. literally the only good Kendra scene. Because that that's a thing. Weird. Yeah. That was weird. That was weird. I'm sorry. There's a couple of... That was a problematic moment for me in the show to have like the two female characters melt in front of a baby. I was just like, "Ah, oh, come on!" Do you I'm, think Sarah would really like look at a baby and go like, "Oh my god, I want to put him in my womb." <laughs> yeah. Maybe baby snark. That's, that's yeah. the thing. That's exactly, exactly what I was going to say. I can buy it because mm-hmm. it is baby snark. snark. If it was anybody <laughs> else, I feel like maybe I'd be reacting the same way that you. Yeah, did. maybe little Rory too, because they're they're fun together as well. But she has chemistry with everyone. I would yeah. believe it more if it was like Kendra and Ray. The Sarah thing just felt weird. Because Sarah's a bigger man than Ray. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave does bring up Kendra and Ray. So oh, we have oh, to. Oh, God. Do we have to? Way to go, oh, Dave. Boy. You called for it. Oh, so now no. we have to do it. So as we were talking about before, when they go to try to save Ray, all of a sudden he starts get he well first Ray's talking to Kendra and gets riddled all of a sudden with these bruises that start popping up on him. And I do like that Kendra, even though they know the pilgrim is attacking them in their past lives, Kendra asks Rip, who's doing this? Who do you think is doing this, Kendra? We already know who this is. Uh, but they track down Ray back in 2014 and save him. But while they're doing that, Ray has the most awkward marriage proposal ever. Right. Right there as he's sick, stuck in the med bay, you know, surviving yeah. these injuries. Yeah, God. basically Kendra was just like, oh, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And he heard that and was like, you must have found the, the ring. ring. The mm-hmm. what? I was like, no. The what now? Uh-oh. Oopsies. <laughs> yes. It's on the ground. I, I feel we marry now. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I feel 
feel like the writers hate us to an extent with this Ray and Kendra stuff because literally no, no. one on the internet, especially in the chat and Twitter, no one on the internet buys this Ray and Kendra crap. And they Here's, like set you up to fail. You're like, yes, they're going to break up. No. That's a I dick think move. I still think it's a good idea. And I think it was something that when they mapped out the season to have Kendra fall in love with someone on the ship, it made sense. I think they just had trouble setting it up and kind of putting the concrete into that foundation. I, it just no, no. true. Well, we've talked about it before. Yeah. And you yeah. mentioned if they had to set it up just with uh, and introducing it during that two-year time period. Right. It, it yeah, would have made way more that. sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the previous episode where Kendra has to deal with like, no, you really have trouble with any man that isn't your destined Carter. I think that's a great like trouble for her to face and and dealing with destiny compared to what she wants. I, it's just not it's not coming off well. And there are moments where that, that egregiously to me seem to sell both characters a little bit short because mm-hmm. I just don't think this relationship quite works. These moments, many of these moments, feel very very contrived. And then there's this moment that comes late in the episode tonight where they had this conversation where Ray Ray was lurking in the hallway <laughs> and he heard Kendra talking to Sarah about how I'm not sure and this and this and this. And Ray says, okay, you know, you thought I was dying and if you, if you need an out, then you have an out. And there was a moment where it seems like, you know, I want to be with you, but I don't know. And, and, and he has this line about... Well, all right, if you want to be happy, then be happy. Are you going to listen to some other version of yourself that believes in curses? And the way he said right. it, seemed a, it just seemed a little flip considering no. this guy has seen magic wielders in person yeah. on more than one occasion. And he also, knows Matt, Malcolm Merlin. <laughs> yeah, and also it's like, dude, she's an older version of her. Like, she should probably have listened to her a little bit. It kind of makes sense, even though it's like a younger or older version because of the weirdness. I do want to point out there's a great hashtag popping yes. up on the live chat right now called hashtag Hawkward. That yeah. is golden. Whoever was the first to say that, I can't tell because there's quite a few people yeah. Hawkward now. But it is great. It's a good one. Yeah, because that perfectly describes their relationship. Because like literally every moment they have, other than those two years that we really didn't see much of, has been incredibly awkward and weird. They have no chemistry. The Mm. story is terrible, and it doesn't serve their characters at all because I love Rey, and to be honest, Kendra had potential, but this just really makes her look bad, especially as a woman. It's like, you haven't been single except one episode of your entire existence in this Berlantiverse. You don't need a man to validate you. It's like, chick, just drop it. I mean that even though I sounded very sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) So, alright, alright. Now, we do find out that Pilgrim has some restrictions on her ability to go through and try to murder our, our heroes in the past. Is uh-huh. the fact that she can only yeah. have one attempt in each person's lifetime because multiple attempts are going to screw up the time continuum. So right. they know as long as they stop her one time, they're safe uh, for each person. Uh-huh. So, so that, they, they figure out, at the beginning of the, the first half of the episode, they can track where she's going to hit in time. So they're able to pinpoint exactly like with Rory burning down the house. Um, that's the song we should have picked. But uh, but then uh, uh, and then later with with Sarah just right when she's at the at the police station surrounded by policemen. I guess that was like a good point. And, to and break speaking in. of, we get to see uh, Blackthorn show up as Quentin Lance with hair, yeah. which yeah. was uh-huh. fun. Uh, right. And we get to see uh, Sarah back with the, that nice little bangs. Bangs. Those sweet bangs. Bangs. I got bangs. <laughs> that means she's young. 
That was nice. Uh, so, so did you notice too? Did it look like in a few shots they digitally de-aged her I slightly? Think they did yeah. a little bit. She was a little shiny. She had that like CGI shine to her. Yeah, it looked like they de-aged her a little bit. But then yeah. watching watching young Sarah and young Mick play off of each other was very amusing. Yes. There was yeah. there was a choice that's made when they rescue baby Martin, and it actually leads to a couple of my favorite moments in the episode because I love they seem <laughs> they seem absurd but intentionally so. Where uh, uh, it's not they go to rescue baby Stein yeah. and baby. Stein is being born in 1950 on the uh-huh. side of the road, and Rip and Rory just come in and take and, Rory. Take, and just take the baby. And I believe later they're having this in the next scene. They're having this exchange about so wait, they just let you take the baby? Well, the 1950s were a far more trusting time. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how it's Ray telling Stein about that because of those two years he spent in the 50s, like, and it was it was a funny, awkward little moment between them because Ray right. is, is cute with his nativity, but you know, I think Ray still yeah. wants to be in the 1950s. I think oh, yeah. he well, loved the 1950s. Well, he does. He keeps talking about that's this place yeah. that he goes back to now in his mind when he needs to feel a little bit calmer, a little more, when he needs to go to a simpler place, a place that's, that grounds him a little bit. He goes back to that that place in his mind. Right, right. Well, we do have the other, uh, as we're talking about uh, Stein and Ray being uh, having that discussion, they're doing it at the hospital where young baby Jax is born. And that's mm-hmm. our bigger, I guess, of all the other storylines. Uh, next to Rory is probably the other one that has most, most emotional impact. Is yeah. Jack? We do learn that he never really knew his father. His father, as far as he knew, never saw him born because he had deployed and then was killed two weeks later right. in Mogadishu. Mogadishu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but then when he comes, he does find out that his dad did get away, uh, got a little pass to get over there and see him born, and sees him outside the, uh, the maternity ward. And has a little yeah. chance to talk to his dad. Which I, I think if you take it, especially if you take it in a vacuum, I actually think this was a really sweet scene. And it is really nice that Jax actually gets more to do. He gets a little bit more of an emotional arc in this mm-hmm. episode than we see him get yeah. in a lot of shows. A bit more of a background, yeah. too. The, yeah. the resolution of this arc, I think, bumps up against the same thing that makes me tilt my head slightly is the resolution of a couple of the other arcs in this episode. So we can touch on that when we get there. But I did think it was really nice to see him have a little bit more to play emotionally than we're used to seeing. Yeah, I think right. the challenge w- with such a large cast is that it's, you know, you want to serve everybody, but on episodes like this where you want to be able to really dig deep into some emotional moments between these characters, it's hard to do with so many people to service. Yeah, I wish they would do more like The Walking Dead, as and I know I've said this before, but whatever, I'll beat this dead horse. Um, a walking dead horse. But the thing is, is they should do more like, say, this is more of a Mick and Jack's episode. So let's focus on them instead right. of adding, like, the Kendra and Ray stuff. Or, I mean, as much as I enjoyed the Sarah stuff, we could have done that and split this into two and had more, like, with her and Stein and all that. Because, yeah, they just try to service everybody, and it really kind of falls flat. Because it was great to give Jax a story. I really, you know, got to know his character, which we really haven't. And to know about his dad and all that yeah. was really great. Yeah, honestly, yeah. though, it's it was kind of the brevity of it yeah. was also kind of nice. How it was just kind of a moment between uh, the, these past characters. And they are trying to build up something with Ray and Kendra that's lasting over quite a few episodes. Like, we're definitely going to get Carter coming in here Of course. Soon. So they have to build up to, like, something, and they're trying to lay this groundwork that doesn't really exist, but they're trying to build it up. So that's why they had to, like, address them in this episode still. But one, yeah, it just wasn't successful. One thing I find is maybe a little frustrating because when we started the series, oh, we see Carter eliminated incredibly quickly. And uh, I thought that right. really sets the mistakes. Yeah. 
for the series. But since then, we've seen anybody with Kronos, now we know, of course, being Rory, right. but also the Pil Pilgrim, set up to be these really incredibly difficult or tough, badass characters that basically are ineffectual. And same thing here with the Pilgrim. Well, we other saw, than we see, saw with the Hunters last week, too. Yes. Other than the Pilgrim at the top of the episode, killing get rid of a time pirate, once she goes up against our cast, though, we don't see really any stakes. And, I mean, certainly you don't want anybody from the cast just written off, but it's, you know, I think it would make this show a little bit more... Uh, I would sell it, the storyline, the stakes. If you saw right. somebody get eliminated this episode, somebody didn't make it back. I, I agree. I do think that, and even Vandal Savage as the overarching major threat of the season, I feel like all of these threats are being established largely as backdrop or window dressing, if you will. Because I think the idea, the main point, is we're just on the ship hanging out with these guys going on a crazy time journey. Which, which works, and it does just the presence of an antagonist, even if it's not an especially well-developed antagonist, leads us to getting sequences, and we got another one tonight, like, and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Oh, yes. For all of the individual quibbles that anybody, us included, may have about tonight's episode, tonight, like many of these episodes do, ended with what I thought was a wonderful, fun, and really visually exciting use of, of all of the hero's powers. Again, we got to see because Pilgrim has this ability where she can Time basically ripple time mm -hmm. and rip yes. their, like stop their attacks as they're moving. It's like reminded me of a uh, uh, Kylo Ren stopping the blaster bolt, except she was doing it in like six different places. Mm. That was very very cool, definitely. You know, and that's why I, I feel and like I say this every. And their perfect yeah. like action figure pose. <laughs> yes, of course. You get, yes. you get these sweeping these camera like, moves. Yeah. You get this, these tie-in shots of everybody, and it's really, really cool. And like, I, I feel like I say a version of this every week. This is the stuff I tune in for, and it keeps giving it to me, which it pleases me. Yeah, well, I, and somebody that is part of that scene is young Rip Hunter as well. And so we do right. find out as much as Snart, as uh, Dave was saying, that you know Snart is making all those condescending remarks throughout the episode mm -hmm. that we don't know anything about you. <laughs> uh, basically, with the Pilgrim... Uh, uh, puts uh, all the other heroes' loved ones in play as a potential targets. If they don't surrender, Rip offers him his younger self up. Yeah, and we should mention that uh, he puts all the younger people in a place called The Refuge, which is run by this uh, mom character. <laughs> Does she have a name? Mother. She's just yeah. referred to his mother. mother. Yeah. I love that the Time Masters have a place that they kind of grow people in, like, this refuge area. Yeah, because we find that it's Time like Masters Xavier are basically school. like orphans. Uh, yeah. They're getting yeah. plucked throughout time there, and they're brought to this refuge. And I also like how unfazed she is with older versions coming back and interacting with younger versions and having, you know, talking to Rip while she's also still raising Rip and how cool she is with that because that's just what Time Masters have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So that was like a nice little uh, world-building moment and uh, something we didn't quite get to see more of stuff with the Time Masters of the backbone of where the Time Masters are coming from and something I haven't seen before. That's not something they... I've, I've ripped into this uh, pun not intended... Uh, <laughs> for the past of stealing a lot of stuff from Doctor Who or how it feels like it's taking a lot of stuff from Doctor Who. That's something I haven't seen in Doctor Who. It didn't seem strikingly familiar from any Doctor Who thing. So that was really nice to see, that a, a nice original time-building thing. And Yeah, and I did like the use of young Rip because we actually we do get to learn about Rip's upbringing a little bit more, and we, mm -hmm. learned, we learned a lot about Rip last episode as well, about why he wanted to stay in Salvation and yeah, why it was so hard Western for him to... Stuff, yeah. And now, if you, if you take it all as one big picture about how he used to be a cut purse, I believe is the term. He, yes. <laughs> he was a cut purse who then eventually became so into the idea of heroism that he almost stayed in the Old West for all mm -hmm. time because he couldn't get enough of being a hero. That's a really compelling art. 
arc. And what I also thought was cool is we see little Rip, and you see him immediately, and they treat it a little bit later as if it's a bit of a reveal. I thought immediately this must be young Rip, and I knew, of course, there had to be some ploy in place because if you kill one of your main characters, if you kill Rip Hunter, who's going to fly the ship and explain the, the time rules? Right. Uh, <laughs> but I was, what, I, what I did not see coming mm. is that the ruse would directly involve the little boy stabbing the lady. Right. Yeah, that was yes. awesome. I was like, whoa, okay. See, uh, Rip wasn't always a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. I just went and said it anyway. Oh, yeah. I, the <laughs> young Rip, I do have to say, I found his accent to be hilarious because I feel like that was definitely an American kid that's like working on his British accent and it was very much like oh I just came off of Oliver yeah <laughs> oh bloody hell it just was but given the Perfect. way that he looked, I was not uh, much like Lex. I was not expecting him to be pulling out a knife and sticking right. it into no. the pirate's leg. I thought, that was like, all fun. right, nicely done. Yeah, that was cool. And, and then and she, again, it's like she gets hit by everyone's powers at once and literally disintegrates out of existence. Yeah, that is pretty dope. And I don't know what more from a comic book show I could want <laughs> than that. Which again, it reminded me of uh, last week. When Ray flew through a dude, yes. it felt like in this week they're also <laughs> yeah. just out disintegrating people. I'm like, this is turning dark. It's dark. I like that. So it just looks so cool. Yeah, and it also makes sense. I mean, the team is mostly made up of dark people, like uh, or people that come from dark backgrounds. Yeah, like like Leonard and Mick and Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the, the issue too is especially when you're dealing with villains that time hop all over the place. You can't just tie them up somewhere and then jump a hundred years and assume they won't be right behind you. These right. are threats that you effectively have to stop. I mean, you can't just just take them down temporarily. You have to take them down. Right. And uh, one person that, uh, one of the loved ones that is taken out of time is Ray's former fiance, her, his deceased fiance, Anne. Uh, and so this was a little weird to me. Yeah, yeah, and so we get to see her. I mean, essentially the first time Ray, we've only heard her talked about. We've never seen her before. She's only talked to uh, to Felicity about Anne and her dying. And so we've never actually seen her talking it ever. And so this is the first time to actually see her live action. And all she is is just relegated to the background. We see her in the background of one shot. And I thought, too, if we want to spend all this time with Ray and Kendra, what a fascinating wrinkle it would be to introduce Anna into that equation. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That would have been more interesting than this just, you know, talking about Carter. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, here's someone here. Why didn't they go for that? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, this is, you know, Brandon Roos' character, you know, even in Chuck, same thing. Dead fiancé. Like, this dude can never win. (laughs) And apparently the the chat wants us to talk about Rachel Talele, um, I think is her name, who directed the episode. They're okay. just all, you know, saying maybe we ha- might have something nice to say about her direction. I don't know. I do. Uh, like, yeah, I think it's, there, it was great. There, the yeah. quibbles that I have are largely to do with the script. And even in that case, they're largely relegated to a couple of very specific points. I actually thought this episode was very well directed, specifically, like I said, when you get to the big piece at the end, because we now see so many, whether it's on TV, everywhere, DC, when their shows are all on, they have a show four nights a week, where we see comic booky right. action. We're seeing it at the movies now all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's all over the place, and it's getting harder and harder and harder as the ante gets upped and upped and upped, uh, as far as production quality, it's getting a lot harder to show us something that we haven't seen, or haven't seen multiple times. So I thought the way especially the battle at the end was directed I thought was very very innovative and cool and it shows me something that I certainly haven't seen on television I think ever yeah apparently she directed Tank Girl as well which is one of my favorite uh, cult movies so yeah cool 
Yeah. I've learned something in the chat today. I wish it was a mm-hmm. bit more tankerliness. Yeah, exactly. More like cheesy, too. like iced tea pops up as a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> we needed more kangaroo. Yeah, we definitely. needed more iced tea as a kangaroo. Yeah, this I, I guess it kind of goes back to my my thought about there's being too many characters to service these some uh, some uh, storylines for all of them because since I mean Anna being back mm-hmm. was such a key part of Ray's origin. To have her introduced into the show and never have a moment to have them see each other again, I just like. Right. But but then you think like, oh, well, didn't you lose Jack's storyline, or do you lose Rory's storyline? So like, who do you take away to give that to? And it's just one of those things where you have a, a, a dearth of characters. So who do you take away to be able to show more? Yeah, this should have been a two-parter because yeah, I was definitely down with the um, Rory and Jack stuff for sure, and even the little bit of Rip would have been fine, like mm-hmm. as a C story. But yeah, like as much as I love Sarah, like you know that certainly took away from it. So we could have definitely I. I love seeing Captain Lance anytime. Yeah. But yeah, right. so like they we should have had her and Ray later, you know. I also thought they were gonna build something like is young Rory and young Sarah going to have like a fling or something? Or are they gonna <laughs> have is why why bring her into it at all? And they didn't really do anything with young Sarah or, or anything like that. It didn't feel like they were they just it was just an excuse to kind of visit old uh, episode of Arrow for a second. It yeah. was, but this this goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago where I think it's all largely directly in service of let's just hang out with these characters in this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's hang out with them with their time-displaced younger selves. So it doesn't... I, I, right. I see what you're saying, and it if, if we're talking strictly like as a piece of text, like structurally, I, yeah, I don't know. But it's just another fun scenario for them to hang out in and watching... Because we have spent a lot of time now with the characters like Sarah and with Heatwave. We've spent seasons of television with these characters, and we now, I feel like, because of Legends of Tomorrow, we understand these characters a lot better than maybe we did on the shows that they came from. So watching different iterations of them play different aspects of their own personalities off of each other, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. As a hangouty type thing, we do have the one scene there in the Wave Rider where actually, when we see young Sarah and young Rory getting a little altercation, and uh, present day Sarah comes down to interrupt that, and young Sarah just wants to know, Who are you? Why do you look like me? Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, I'm just family. And I'm trying to think, like, if I saw somebody that looked pretty much just like me, I, I don't know, I think I would assume, I, I think I'd make the leap to make, I think you're me from the future. I don't know. Would you guys, I don't know. I start, it's hard to think. I, I totally wouldn't, would. I wouldn't, especially since I have like. A brother that looks like me, who's like three years older than me, so I'd be like, "Oh crap, what did my dad do?" Because mm-hmm. I, I would just assume I had like older family or something that pops up. Because I look like my brother, mm-hmm. we both look like my dad, so I just would assume that maybe we were related somehow. So yeah. that that we're related was would be enough for me to be. My like, my okay. bigger question about I don't know if it's that same scene or the scene immediately after. They, it's when they you almost think they're going to escape because the ship recognizes Sarah's DNA and they yes. come in with Baby Stein and they don't hand Baby Stein to the girl who made five grand last year babysitting. No. They hand it to the boy <laughs> who burned down his house killing both of his yeah. parents. Yes. That was like, okay. Oh yeah, that was Young Snart. Yeah, because then Rory says like, yeah, yeah. It was Young Snart. Okay, yes. I would have given it to the other one. But then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then yeah, Rory says, "Don't drop my future crime partner." <laughs> yeah, right. That was so cute. How he cared. And I also did in that scene. Sarah says, uh, "Don't worry, your dad's never going to lose you." Mm-hmm. Uh, what, 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 and and she does, like, he does twice, twice. Yes. <laughs> and then and then loses yeah. the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoops. Yeah. But, 
By the we way, do we, do we know? Because this isn't really something that they've they've addressed on Legends because they've been flying through the time stream so much. Right. Does Sarah know? Spoil, I'm sorry, spoilers if we don't watch Arrow. I'll, I'll yeah, phrase just, it this way. Does Sarah know that somebody that she should be aware is no longer alive is no longer alive? Not right. yet. I mean, I they haven't so. addressed it. From what I've read, it's supposed to be some kind of touch point where she does learn somewhere in the season that something's okay. happened. Yeah. And right. I, get, I get why. No. She's very busy and she's probably very mm-hmm. hard to reach. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was hoping because I've heard that we're going to see more alternate timelines. And so I was hoping that maybe this was going to be a setup for an alternate timeline, like uh, they do incapacitate Rip, and so everything he's done to the timeline does get messed up, and so we get to see alternate versions. Maybe they're leading up to that because they still have their baby selves, and they have to... The idea for the next episode is they have to stop Vandal Savage and then put their baby selves back. I'm not very sure about the rules of that. Yeah, because I guess at the end of the episode, we do learn from Martin talking to his wife that she has forgotten him. And Mm -hmm. so Rip tells everybody else that time is starting to set now. Uh, Taking you out of the time stream, everybody's starting to forget you. Those loved ones are forgetting who you are. And it's going to happen much faster than if we just try to hunt down Savage. We're not going to be able to take our time hunting him down. We've got to go directly to where he's most powerful, 2166, where we know for sure he's going to be. But my question about that is now that you've dealt with the Pilgrim, couldn't you put baby selves back? Or do they assume they sent the Pilgrim, Pilgrim didn't work, now we're going to send like five Pilgrims to go after the babies twice as hard if they're where we know they are? Yeah, because I mean, I guess that, I mean, if the deal is they can only go into each timeline once, is that once per assassin or once just in total for that person's lifetime? Right. So yeah, that's the one know. thing we're not sure of. I don't know. I think we need to roll a Dungeons and Dragon dice and see about the darkest timeline for my community fans. <laughs> <laughs> nice. well, well, yeah. I would like to see two a bit because of how much we dance around the idea of this may cause a time paradox, this may cause the timeline to rupture. I would like to see before this season is out an example of what the timeline starting to rupture looks like specifically Mm -hmm. because of how frequently and wantonly this entire team does stuff that in theory should rupture the timeline. Yeah. Well, I right. do like is that we get down to the end of the episode when they're giving people amnesia pills, and we find out, like, well, who's going to try to maybe change some of their loved ones' futures? And we see that with Jax and his father most directly. That and young Rory, too. But I feel like the biggest change is certainly with Jax and his father, uh, where Jax kind of tells him, hey, be on the lookout for when this happens back in, in this year. Look out for that IED. Keep your head on a swivel. I mean, and Ava, but I did like when Rip talks to him. Usually Rip comes down on everybody, but this time I guess because it's a right. loved one, he's he said maybe time wants you to be with your father. Well, and so this it's is also a- I think Rip when 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 you address, hey, maybe I just saved a member of my family to yes. Rip. I yeah. think he's like, I'm not gonna. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, he can't to. really <laughs> say anything because that's the whole purpose of this freaking show, right? Yeah. For sure. But also, I'm willing to explore the idea. Like I, the interpretation that I like is that it's possible that. Rip. I mean, and he's done it before, where he talks about time as if it's a thing with sentience, with mm-hmm. awareness. And yeah. it's possible, he says, well, it's possible that maybe this happened because time does want to see you and your father reunited. So it is possible that they did this without destroying all of time, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it ties into my love of Quantum Leap, when he does yes. uh, when Sam Beckett leaves back yeah. and he gets a chance to save his brother in Vietnam. I mean, that's one of my favorite episodes. So I, you know, but, It also reminds me of the actual, that new show on Hulu, with James Franco, where he's oh, trying to oh, stop yeah. the Frank Kennedy did the after show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it reminds me of that too, where time is just always working against mm-hmm. them. What I would think more than even Jackson, his father potentially being reunited, though, is Mick tells young Mick that he is him. Yes. 
okay. I feel like growing up knowing that you're going to meet your future self on a time ship is a weird thing yeah. to burden Get a kid with. Get yourself in me. Could definitely make stuff go a little, little wonky for you, but the really, right. maybe the weirdest thing to me about this episode, and granted, we're dealing with a version of the character years in the past from the version I'm most familiar with, but it's Quentin Lance going, yeah, I'll take an amnesia pill. <laughs> that, that part seems super bizarre. Yeah. yeah, and also, why is he the only one that gets an amnesia pill? Yeah. Everyone else are like, oh, nothing we could do about it. I'm like, but you have amnesia pills. Forget me now, as I believe they're called in the yeah. rest of development. Well, you know, it's, it's not that he's the only one that's given one, because they talk about we have them. You know, it's like an amnesia pill from Rip. But it seems like Quentin's the only one who says, yeah, sure. I feel yeah. like I'd want to know this stuff. Well, I guess he I had an alcohol problem, so... <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah. another drug? Yeah, great! I'm used to waking up from blackouts. Yeah. Oh, but I also think it's from a young Detective Lance who hasn't yeah. seen his daughter uh, supposedly die, uh, you know, swept off into uh-huh. the, off to sea with uh, mm-hmm. Oliver Queen. So, I mean, for that, I mean, he's still a little bit yeah. more happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And he's kind of probably happy, like, oh, man, look at... Look at how badass my daughter is saving yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I had one good one. <laughs> yeah. I guess, and then I'm wondering, too, if Sarah did already know about this this death that I keep dancing around referencing. Yeah. Specifically, does she handle that situation differently? Does she, as I'm leaning so far into this thing, I'm trying mm. not to spoil. But you know what, she, I think we might have surely, spoiled it in the previous. So anyway, yeah. over, anyway, over on Arrow, Laurel's dead. So, um, uh, Spoiler. Spoilers for a show from a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And, uh, it's, that's that's Sarah's sister. So I'm wondering, maybe if she knows this already, does she maybe not give him the amnesia pill to spare him the pain of losing her twice before he loses Laurel? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it'll be curious to see what happens when we get to the end of the season to see how time has been affected. Is Jax's father going to be there? Does I mean, it's tough to tell with Rory. I mean, he, Rory is certainly different now as a character, given everything that he's done with the Time Masters, than he was at the beginning as right. his younger self. So he has gone through a change. Whether him telling his younger self that to be even better than that is going to result in more of a different change, I don't know. And if that was the case, wouldn't it, if the ripples would start happening if he started making yeah, those conscious he choices? See, he would just become like a happier dude all of a sudden. Yeah, he starts dressing <laughs> up in like nice suits. And stuff. <laughs> Did you see my bow tie? <laughs> I wear a bow tie now. He's <laughs> like, oh no, you've changed too much. In the time. I thought it, that was very stick. <laughs> I, he has like hair all of a sudden. He's <laughs> like, whoa, what? Oh no. So we end, as we said, uh, the episode, they're heading to 2166, where Mm -hmm. Vandal Savage is at the height of his power because they're running out of time. Right. Which is a (laughs) bit confusing, because I'm wondering why they're facing him at the height of his power, and not, as we've brought up, going way back in time to ancient Egypt, where he doesn't even have powers. But... You know, that that would change a bit too much of the time stream, so I guess they're trying to still avoid that in someone's mind. I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I guess that is a good way for us as we're speculating things to lead us into some predictions. Yeah, any predictions? Lucretia, what do you think's happening? Oh God! Like I hate to be a negative Nancy, but whatever. I I do kind you, of do you though? Mm, I, I usually do. Like I like to be happy go lucky, but I'm kind of thinking that maybe they will kill Kendra off at the end and bring Car. I mean, because the thing is, she has to die for him to be gonna... reincarnated. No, I don't think they and, do. I think they yeah. just have to find a Carter from a different time period. Yeah, they can do that too. But yeah, yeah I'm like they may go that route because yeah, as much as they're leading up with this Ray and Kendra relationship, I'm like something bad. 
is going to happen other than him coming back, yeah. I think. And that's why I'm like, I kind of think they may have killed this Kendra off. True, because I feel like yeah, yeah, I feel like everybody on the cast in terms of that, you yeah. could kill off Kendra knowing that she's gonna reincarnate. Right. You could yeah. I mean killing everybody else, you're kinda of writing them off the show. Sure. In fact, you almost might. Maybe, maybe, maybe we throw Kendra out the airlock and then jump a hundred years in the future and go get new Kendra and new Carter and then go fight Vandal Savage. Yeah, yeah. just start. And from, maybe they're better. Start from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Just a montage of them training them how to be <laughs> yeah. people. And, and different ones, yeah. too. So, like, they train one for a while. This is not working. They throw yeah. them both yeah. out the airline. Yeah. And they go get two new ones. See, that, now that would a, be fun. That's a very much of a Venture Brothers yeah. type moment, <laughs> I think. That's perfect for that. But, yeah. Yeah, I expect we're going to see Carter pretty yeah. soon uh, coming up. Aren't we supposed to see Flash at some point? Yeah, I want to see Old Barry and... Yeah, old Barry. And then uh, an older Wally as the Flash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because there's there's three Flashes, so. Yeah, maybe we'll see some Wally as Flash. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's what I'm kind of expecting. I want to see some alternate timelines. I want them to see kind of, um, try to go back to the present, and then something is screwed up, so they have to find out where they screwed up and reverse that. That would be nice. Some fun time travel stuff, and I want to see more action because I liked. Last week's episode, better than this week's episode because they got to play with guns, play with action, play with all that stuff. While in this one, they focused on emotion, which is good, but I kind of like the action better. So Me I wanna, too. I want that. Well, well, to what you're saying, Dave, uh, if the promo is any indication for next week's episode, right. they using the ship as their weapon, <laughs> they're going to fight a giant time robot, which, Finally. again, that is all I need from this show <laughs> to be perfectly happy. Yeah, that uh, it uh, it'd be interesting to see with four episodes left. I mean, and they're going to the height of the power. Is it going to be a two parter? Is it going to? And then how does that? Where does that leave us to go uh, to really ramp up for the season finale? Like, right. if you're already facing him at the height of his power and it doesn't succeed, then where do you go? I'd, I'll be curious to see where it's going to lead us to the season finale. Or maybe they succeed, but then that doesn't fix the rest of the timeline because it's towards the end of the timeline. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, as were uh, questions that we may have and questions that we will ask next week when we're talking to Sarah Nicole Jones, who's going to be here in studio. She is the writer and producer of next week's episode. She's a producer on the series, but she wrote next episode specifically. So we'll have her in studio next week. We're going to ask her questions about that episode in particular, but the whole series in general. So if you have any questions you want to make sure that we ask Sarah while she's in the studio, make sure you hit us up on Facebook or tweet us. We'll make sure we answer your questions or uh, follow us on the live chat during the airing. We'll ask her those questions as well, too. Or write a comment on the uh, on this week's viewing. Or Dave Child will uh, mm-hmm. give his address mm-hmm. at the end. Send him a letter. Sure, sure. Send sure. him a written letter. And he will he will <laughs> sure. interpret a dance based on your question. Uh-huh, which is what I always do. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's going to do it for us here for Legends of Tomorrow, uh, this after show for Last Refuge. If you want to continue the conversation, like us on Facebook, give us those sweet five stars on Twitter, or follow us uh, or on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, continue the conversation. Lucretia, where can they follow you? Uh, again, it's Lucretia Lion anywhere on the Internet since there is only one. To find me at Mr. Dave Child. There's a couple of Dave Childs, but I'm the only Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I am Lex Michael, all of our social media at the Lex Michael. I'm going to miss you guys for the next two shows. Work commitments are keeping me elsewhere in the time stream. Uh, but I am going to be back after a couple week absence to reveal that I was, in fact, Kronos the entire time. What? Not? Oh, my goodness. Spoiler. You can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. We'll see you next week with Sarah Nicole <laughs> Jones right here in the AfterBuzz studios talking about Legends of Tomorrow. See you then. Bye. 
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Drews! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.